Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, my mine's as dumb as that. I bought a T-shirt that is the name of the uh, that it's a tank top. Uh, that's uh, the store description was Budborne, and it is Bloodborne in the Budweiser logo font. <laughs> Oh my god. It is oh a black my god. tank top. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a John shirt if I've ever if that's, seen. If that's not a John while playing bass at a boss fight show yeah, oh, attire than if I've ever like, seen it. Just like the most shit posty like thing I could possibly wear. Oh god. I like that shirt, John. That's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. Yeah, well, not not the shirt you bought, but well, that shirt's the cool one you too, have. The, shirt the you're one you currently are wearing. Right yeah, yeah, I agree. It's yeah. a little sa- almost like a little sailor yeah. vibe yeah, going good. on. It's B Ness, the the alternate outfit that he has in. Uh, yeah, Smash. yeah. <laughs> B Ness. I don't know if I one of the. It's like a black and uh, yellow uh, stripe that Ness wears and. We, we oh, B Ness. I got you. I got yes, you. I, I'm trying. To, we have our own. Uh, what are the? Oh yeah, I was uh, thinking like v- Venus and Venus is almost Venus. like what I was picturing. That no, I no, the pink and white Captain uh, Falcon is Captain Nsatz, uh in my group of friends. <laughs> 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 Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And Randall Nolery. Hey, folks. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games. And it feels like it's been a while since we've sat down wow. to uh, record one of these guys. I think it's been, uh, I just got back home from, uh, back home to Chicago from a trip back home to Michigan <laughs> um, for my brother is having like a baby shower. They were having a baby shower and he's just had a surgery today uh, as of the day of recording this. So just, it's been a hectic few days. So I was back home and uh, brought my Nintendo Switch with me. Yeah. So I, you know, I had to get some gaming into, you know. When you're around the family, you gotta you gotta get a little time in a way to decompress and whatever. So, yep. I uh, Randall, you've been. I, I, have we ever talked about the Hori Switchpad Pros on the podcast before? We have not. No, I. Well, I, I'm sure you've at least given them I, like a I, shout out. I think in I passing might have given them. Uh, yeah, I said that too fast. I think I might have given them a shout out at some point at the at least because I was so over the moon about them. But continue. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, you've been hyping these up yes. for a while, and I was like, I feel like they've come up at, at some point in yes. passing. But yeah, basically, you know, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before how like my hands will cramp up a little bit when I'm playing on Nintendo yeah. Switch. And just before I uh, hit the road, I my Hori Switchpad Pro arrived. I ordered it off Amazon, sadly. Um, but yeah, I just got those uh, in the mail, and it basically it, it's almost like a Pro controller split in two, you know, for lack of a better yeah you know description or whatever and i got the blue version or whatever and uh it snaps on the side of the the switch and it actually almost like frames the switch in a way like i wasn't expecting the controller to kind of like pop out like forward a little i don't know how to describe it but there's like a little bit of like a bezel almost yeah it's it's more chonky than the switches itself yeah Right. And and because of that, and there's even like a little it's really nicely designed. It's like it got this yeah. little extra like it's not a clip, but it's like the part of like the clip that snaps onto the side of the switch. It has like a little like extra like uh, I don't know, a little extra like, like lip that kind of like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That kind of like braces the switch. So it just feels like a little sturdier while you're playing. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't play a ton of games while I was home, but pretty much every night before I went to bed, I'd play like a little Lonely Mountains downhill or I was trying to like. Uh, get a better high score on a ghost grab 3000. I did up my score a little bit. I'm still chasing RP in the discord. RP's in the top 10, I think on that like third hard stage um, on the Nintendo switch leaderboards. Anyways, I'm, I think I'm at like number 12, so I'm getting there. It's like a bullet hell, like a pretty cool take on a bullet hell. I think I've talked about ghost grab 3000 on the podcast, but it's like Mm -hmm. a really cool game from our pal, uh, crowbar, Scott, Matt Glanville, who's been on the podcast before, but yeah, I just kind of was bouncing between that. And I specifically, um, was playing Lonely Mountains Downhill, and I had played that handheld a little bit before I just picked it up on my Switch and had played it with the Joy-Cons, and it was a little bit frustrating, so it was, like, really nice to play this now with the Hori Switchpad Pros with, like, a solid joystick, full-size buttons. Um, yeah, I just basically wanted to give a shout-out to those as well. I know they're they're actually coming out with, like, a new version of this Switchpad Pro 
plus that like also allows it to be like a wired controller for oh, the switch that's nice. um and i i was thinking about waiting for that but i was like in reality like my switch is halfway across the room i'd have to get like usb extension cords i was like i'm probably not going to use it for that feature it does bum me out that you can't like clip it onto the little dog bone controllers yeah. and use it as a wireless controller but for the sake of like actually being able to play my nintendo switch handheld and not cramp up instantly pretty much it's it's i i'd say it's worth it i think they set me back like 40 bucks 50 yeah. bucks can you put the switch in the dock with the hori controller plugged in or do you have to take those off you it fits perfect and it actually Ooh. almost feels a little bit more secure because like yeah. of how those controllers like yeah. stick out forward i would agree right. so it's like in my mind i'm pretty much just going to leave those on the switch at all times and just keep it docked like that it uh, it is bulky. I mean, it really <laughs> adds like a lot of size to the switch. Um, like I have like one of those travel cases that's like very specifically just made to like fit the switch in and of right. itself. And like it, I had to like pack the controllers separately in a different bag. Uh, but that's no big deal. And I do have a bigger case. But what case or otherwise, it definitely just makes playing the game so much more comfortable. It does. Um, I, I know everybody doesn't have like huge hands, but I wouldn't say I have like massive hands, but it's enough to where like. You know, any game that has like dual stick controls or where you're really like using the camera relatively actively on the right stick, like with the Joy Cons, there's pretty much no chance I can play like Breath of the Wild for any extended time right. handheld. But like now I feel like, yeah, I, I totally can. I, yeah, I'd agree with all that. I'd say it does fit like maybe a little bit like you kind of have to be more purposeful when you're putting the yeah. switch with those grips in the dock. You kind of have to make sure it's lined up more than you would have with the Joy-Cons on it. Yeah, you have to have it like perfectly yeah. parallel or perpendicular or whatever as you like set it down. Yeah, but you're right that it's more secure once it's in there, too. Like it doesn't flop around or anything. And and I would say I, I'm the same way. I Once I got the switch pad pro hori switchpad pro i left those things on my uh my oled switch permanently and that's how i have 90 hours in retro bowl is because i've been playing it that way <laughs> oh, 90 uh, hours 90 nice hours. nice yeah. um but heck yeah uh, <laughs> i will also add that i think the d-pad on there is quite great oh and that's a huge upgrade yeah, yes. instead of having the split yeah exactly which you know i understand the design conceit for having the split buttons when they released it for the sake of the individual joy cons as controllers but yeah if, if that's not an often scenario for you it's man it's nice to have a real d-pad and that's a good d-pad on there it's you, a really yeah, good d-pad you almost good. like default to it when you're playing 2d games which i know i've mentioned on the podcast or at least what during our videos and stuff i'll say like you know what i'm actually like tending to play like even like super mario world if i'm emulating yeah. it, i'll play it with a joystick or, or even on the switch i'll play it with a joystick with the pro controller right but like with this when i i did actually fire up the uh super nintendo i didn't play super mario world but i was like playing the online games for a minute or two yeah and i was using the d-pad like instantly and i as much as like there are very few i'm such a weird like when it comes to the switch like i will pull out like the dog bone and like the joy cons for like certain puzzle games because like i do like that split d-pad yeah like, having like the very distinct buttons for like puyo, you know, puyo. Up, down left and right exactly yeah, yeah. Like, moving on a grid. i want that and they're and yeah. they're closer together like it's just like i can like really i don't know it just feels it's, a little it's an explicit button press at that point you know that it, it is mm -hmm. nicer for that yeah and it, and it took me a lot to get over the hump because really like my main my main like hesitancy of picking these up was like oh, i can't it's only for playing in handheld mode so you do have to know that yeah. going in like there's no there's no battery operation whatsoever and no it does vibration. seem to drain the battery a little bit quicker um i noticed like the switch was like you know, dying a little bit quicker than it would otherwise, but still it's like I could charge it every night and mm -hmm. had plenty of juice uh, to play some games. But yeah, I didn't expect to really talk about those for as long as I did. I actually intended to talk more about the games cause I'm still just loving the shit out of lonely mountains downhill, but I talked about that on save it for the cast recently. So <laughs> nice. Why don't we just move on to uh, the kind of meat of the conversation here? We've all been playing uh, some kind of, I guess all of these games are inspired by the soul. Well, one of them is kind of part of the souls series in, in a way, I guess. And yes, like sir. definitely a lot of souls DNA and a lot of Zelda DNA in these games. I've been playing uh, tunic, which is uh, I've been playing on Xbox Game Pass. I was super pumped that they announced that day one because I know I've mentioned on the podcast a few times I've been unemployed for a little bit. So uh, a $30 game on day one is probably not 
something I'm going to dive into right off the bat. So once again, Game Pass came through and it also came through uh, because I've been played a little bit of Death's Door, which John's been playing. Uh, And I actually the reason I kind of like tied these together in my mind, other than the fact that they are relatively similar, similar games. Somebody like uh, tweeted like a fan art, like pixel art of the crow from Death's Door. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I've been playing some crow Zelda and I've been thinking about (laughs) playing some Fox Zelda. And I was like, oh, yeah, they totally that's totally what they are. Um, And then, uh, yeah, back to the Souls stuff. um, Randall's been digging into Elden Ring. So we'll probably get into that on the later half of the episode. Although I will say up front that Randall's going to keep it pretty spoiler free. If you've listened to any of our previous episodes of the podcast, Randall pretty much does not get into any spoiler territory. (laughs) Uh, We like he's He's probably the most sensitive of us uh, when it comes to spoilers. So like you can you can pretty much go ahead and listen. I mean, we'll we'll definitely like tag anything for any of these three games as far as like if you know if we're going to say anything spoilery but i think we'll probably end up bouncing between the three a little bit but i guess i'll kind of take the lead even though i've already been talking (laughs) enough already but uh but yeah tunic is such a cool game it's a game that i've been waiting for for a while and honestly i think it was initially at least when i first saw it it was like announced during some kind of xbox event so i kind of always in the back of my mind assumed it was going to come to game pass just because i like i actually thought like microsoft was somehow behind publishing it but it's actually from uh finji who's done some pretty big uh indie games over the recent years um and yeah, this game just kind of, it really takes, it really is almost, I I, I shouldn't say this, I, I can't say this um, with any frame of reference because I haven't really played any of the Souls games, but it feels like equal parts linked to the past meets like Souls style combat where it is okay. like really intense. But one of the things that I've been really surprised by is how open world this game is like for me. It's felt pretty much like I've sort of been on a path. It's really kind of cryptic as things open up. It, it you know, you kind of wake up like just like you do in like Link's Awakening or something where you're like on the beach shore and you just kind of wake up and you have a pretty straightforward path. But there's like all sorts of stuff that you see right off the bat. They're like, oh, here's this like pedestal. And when you walk over it, you're like, huh, it feels like I'm definitely going to be able to interact with that. And then nice. later on, you're like, oh, you find out that that's how you fast travel. So that's like one of the fast travel pedestals. But you really don't know how to interact with it. And you really don't know how to interact with anything because they keep everything really cryptic. There's almost like there is some English like in some of the menus and whatever. But the the menus are like a lot of the language is in this like runic like made up language. There are going to be uh, a lot of through lines between these games, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, there's tons, there's tons. And so I had posted a clip on like Twitter just after I did a stream. So I, I think I streamed everything that I've played of tunic so far, other than a little bit of like, I had some technical uh, internet issues, but I've played like probably about five hours of the game so far. And uh, I've really been, and I actually streamed the first like two and a half hours of Death's Door as well. And I've really been enjoying both games, but I just, for whatever reason, was a little more sucked into the world of Tunic. But I had posted a clip of like the first boss and somebody was like, oh, congrats on beating, I think it was called like the Guardian or something like that. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks. And and then somebody else was like, oh, the Guardian. I was like, actually, the first boss I faced was the Librarian. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Because up to that point, like to me, it felt like I was like kind of, there was a ton of like exploration there's a ton of little nooks and crannies with secrets and stuff but i felt like i was kind of being guided along a path like for example the boss that i fought you pick up these little like manuals along the way like they're they're actually like they feel very much like an old like nes manual they have like hand painted like concept art drawn on them and they're actually like show you like this is how you dodge roll and this is where your invisibility frames are but sometimes that some of that's in english but some of it's in that like runic language so you'll see like Hmm. okay there's like you pick up certain items along the way. And actually somebody during the stream was like, Hey, are you cool with spoilers, Kevin? I was like, uh, let's, uh, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. As long as you're not going to spoil like story or anything crazy. And then I found out. So like, again, by reading the manuals, I, because I was streaming, I wasn't paying enough attention to this, but like in the manual, it tells you that these certain items you pick up at the save points, which are like these altars, you can actually like offer up these items to upgrade your, either your strength or your HP or your stamina or your magic or whatever, but it doesn't really tell you that explicitly in the game. You have to kind of like read and intuit like the different pages of the manual and you keep picking up like, I think when you pick up a page, it's like a front and back of a page of the manual, which includes like even like a map, like a hand-drawn map that even though it is a page of the manual, it even has a little like Fox logo that shows where you are in the world. But like, I don't know. I, again, it's like, just like Death's Door, it's got that isometric perspective, like a low poly 
environment and yeah, it has like the look of that of of tunic it's got a it's cool a, look it's a beautiful game and, and as is death's door I, again i was playing both of these games and i just for whatever reason because i started them both at the same time i was a little more drawn into the world of uh uh tunic i almost said death's door and then i almost said fingy but uh but yeah somebody somebody had said uh in a tweet as well i can't remember who it was but they were like tunic is like like takes everything from uh, Link to the Past and everything from the Dark Souls series, but also realizes that Donkey Kong Country has the best music. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh man. And I've been playing this game with headphones on. And yeah, it's a Kevin. that is such a Kevin great comparison. And it's very much like reminiscent of like the water levels in Donkey Kong okay. Country. So it's got that like mysterious kind uh-huh. of like, synth. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Heavy texture. Uh-huh. It is so good. And when I'm talking, I mentioned nooks and crannies before. I'm talking every fucking nook and every cranny. Like even when you feel like you can't see something, and like you you had mentioned in Death's Door, and I'm sure we'll get into this, like how it kind of like felt similar to like uh, the first Dark Souls game, where you kind of like you complete like the first little roundabout path, and then all of a sudden you like knock down a ladder, and like oh here's a new shortcut that like opens up your path. And Tunic is very similar, where like stuff that you wouldn't even see otherwise, like you'll like re- right before the first boss, that guardian that I made it to, you find this like rope up at the top, and you throw the rope down. But like I, then I climb down the rope, and from where you actually can get on the rope later, you can't even see it. So you like have to literally know that you threw it down before to be able to climb on it again. Like it's kind of like hidden by the isometric angle of the camera. Oh, nice. So like you really have to like sort of memorize certain aspects of the map. Like I, I've been absolutely loving the game. The combat is really intense. Um, that there's just really cool enemy designs. Um, yeah, I, I really, I haven't been able to dive back in. Like I mentioned at the top, I was just out of town, so I didn't have my Xbox with me. Right. Um, and I was thinking about trying to play some today and I was like, you know what? I want to kind of just dive in with like the, the thoughts I had, going into it and i just had kind of a busy day running a bunch of errands today after uh getting back in town but yeah i cannot wait to dive back into tunic even though i've still got kirby which we'll get to in a few weeks or months oh, yeah. or whatever but there's so many games i need to play but tunic really like i've, I've put five six hours in and i i intend to kind of beat this game i i really want to see it through i'm really like enjoying the progression every time i feel stuck i'm like inching enough through and like not stuck enough to where I, you know, and I've been, I've had a pretty good track record so far this year of actually seeing games through yeah. to the end. Although this is a this is a meteor one for sure, but really challenging. Like, don't go in. It's it's got a cutesy look, so just know that it's definitely the combat is hard. <laughs> um, my only gripe is maybe some of the 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 first like big boss I fought was like a little bit tough. But there's some accessibility settings where you turn on like no damage mode or whatever if you want to, you know, just cheese your way through a boss or something. But why don't we dig into Death's Door next? I'll let you take this one, John. Although, again, I said I've, I've played a little here, so I'm sure I'll chime in a little here and there. That's actually the point that you ended on for Tunic is kind of like the best like way to really like slide right into Death's Door. Perfect. Is like, like the combat is really what hooked me in the game. And like, because I, I was kind of, I, I think it was actually in... Uh, the Legends Arceus stream that we did that like I think Glenn yeah. was hanging out in the chat and like maybe brought up yeah. like the idea of Death's Door as a soul's light and like I, I kind of that's the frame of mind at least that I entered into it like I, I purposely didn't go into it with a lot of knowledge knowing like what it was and I was basically going nice. on our friend Mikey was giving us the hardest sell for this game. He's like, yeah. this is the best game I've ever played. Like, play this game, buy it now. And, like, And he really. usually doesn't, like, lean into, like, the indie stuff. Like, he's always, like, kind of playing more AAA. I mean, he plays all sorts of games, but, like, I, yeah. you don't usually see him, like, championing a game like this. So I was like, oh, you got my When attention. he does, he means it. Like, he, right. like, is really, like, pushing for something. And not, like, I, I trust him, like, in his judgment. So I was like, all right, I'm not yeah. going to look up anything about this game. Because at the point, I hadn't even heard about it, despite it being, like, a Devolver digital game. Like, you know, I don't know if this was, like, pushed really hard or, like, like advertised, like, pretty heavily or not. I, but think, like, I think it won, like, Indie Game of the Year and stuff like that on, like, some of those award shows. I could, I could be wrong, but not that I'm any like, of that matters. Simultaneously but. <laughs> plugged in and, like, completely unaware of, like, everything. <laughs> I, I could also be totally wrong about that, but I, it's definitely one that that was relatively well-known. I Like, when it came to Game Pass, I was like, yes! 
Yeah, but like I hadn't heard anything about this game and I hadn't like I didn't know anything about it other than like I knew it was kind of like an isometric, you know, Zelda ish game, which is I, I kind of reductive in like what it is. But like I went in like thinking that it was, you know, a little bit yeah. more like had a little bit more souls DNA in it. So like for the first time, like for the first, I don't know, like world or so, like I was so afraid of dying because I was afraid of that souls mechanic of like, <laughs> Oh God, I really just don't want to go back and like gather all my like souls. It's yeah, in this game. Tunic, it is. It tunic does have that as well. I don't, I can't, I don't know if death store does. I can't remember. It doesn't like, so like that was okay. the thing, like when I died, like, and I just had everything and I was like, Oh, all right, let's we're off to the races then. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I feel a lot more comfortable like you know, trying stuff that might be a, like punching above my weight a little bit. And yeah. like and the game does a really good job, I think on so many levels of like level design. Like that is what I think is the heaviest like souls influence, like making shortcuts. Like you will go through an entire area, drop down a gate or drop down a ladder. And like, then you can skip that and move a little bit further. So you don't and have it, to like do the gauntlet of like going through this area with like a perfect health. Like you can skip that and move forward, which is a staple of the dark souls formula. Yeah. And I feel like the couple times that I got to those points in the game, like I felt like it immediately clicked in my brain. Like as soon as I kicked down the shortcut thing or whatever, it was like, Oh, that's that shortcut. Like I knew exactly where it led to. Yep. It wasn't like I got to go explore and see, Oh, where does this go? It was just like, I knew, Oh, that's how I get back to where I came from or whatever. And it's such a satisfying loop in a, like a specific, it like in, in a way that it also is in dark souls, but like with, so much less pain <laughs> yeah, like, and like so much less like feeling just completely devastated and like <laughs> being able to like just pile up souls like yeah the thing that actually like was frustrating for me with the game was that like with dark souls you do still have like even if you are stuck on an area you have like hundreds of like minute like upgrades that you can do over time so it's like okay right. like i've been running my head up against this section but you know i i have what 800 levels that i can have my character level up over that you time. can grind out in you that can do section. some grinding yeah, yeah. yep <clears throat> and like death store has that to an extent but like it has a maximum of oh i don't know i i uh, think there's like five stats that you have and like there are five levels each for each stat and like what they like, increase your like speed of attack or like your dodge like ability or like how much dam base damage you do or how much your magic does yeah i think and, there were four or five at least how, how much i played i think there were about four different ones yeah yeah and like so at, at a certain point like there's not a ton of grinding that you can do like you uh so and that respect like it's a little bit scaled back in terms of that but like at the same time the level design and the like the way that they introduce new bosses and like new air like enemies like i got to the end of the game and i still had you know two stats that i hadn't maxed out yet because yeah. i wasn't dying enough basically for like nice. all the enemies to respawn so like it was really good it was a really Nate like zeroed in on how many times they expect you kind of to replay a section or advance like find all the secret like soul caches where you can use those to upgrade and like I'm in what is technically post game now and there's not really a ton of opportunities like to like get new souls outside of just grinding for it and I don't really feel the need to so like again like I think that the death store has just like immaculate level design and nice like, and, and when you say level design i know i know you kind of brought attention to like the shortcut aspect but like the dungeons at least when mm -hmm. i played are really really well done like there are a couple points where i kind of felt like i got oh, i got a little bit lost and wrapped around myself or whatever but as far as like i, I played a couple puzzles that were a lot of like shooting arrows through torches and stuff like that yeah and, like really really cool like it just felt very satisfying even just the way you like charge up your bow to take shots and the way you have to like do melee damage to charge up your bow uh ammo or whatever like that i i just really like the juxtaposition between the combat and the level design like it doesn't it, it got a really good pace to the game and so uh, there's 
I, I, I will get into spoilers, I think, at this point. Um, because like the, cool. the, uh, I, and I don't know how much like Randall, I know before the podcast, he said you were okay with spoilers. Like yeah. Kevin, I don't I, know. I'm totally cool with it, especially cause I'm, I'm sucked into tunic right now. It's as much as I, I really like both of these games. I would recommend either one to anyone, but I, mm-hmm. I just got more pulled into the world of tunic. But if tunic didn't exist, I would easily just have been like, I'm diving into this and trying to beat death's door with John or whatever. I, I really enjoyed the combat, the look of it, everything about it. I, I think that if the sell you've gotten for Death's Door at this point has been enough that makes you curious, I'd say just skip this section entirely. Skip ahead to the Elden Ring section. Yeah, we'll have timestamps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like I really think that that is a strength of the game, and I'm going to get into spoilers starting now. Um, so like once I beat the final boss like i even when i like had gotten to the point where i was at the final boss of the game i was like this is a good game like i'm enjoying myself i think this is a really well constructed game and i think like it's like pretty like good i would definitely recommend this game to like people but i wouldn't say it's like a full-throated endorsement mm. and especially me. like coming in with the way mikey was like hyping it up it was definitely like oh this is like oh, like is it on that tier or is it not Ex- exactly I, I was like yeah this was a solid game and yeah. then i beat the game and as i was like you know watching the final cutscenes or whatever i was like thinking back to like th- all the levels that i've been in and i was like Hey, wait a minute. There were a few things that like I remember, like distinctly remember, like I was like, oh, yeah, I never went there. And like Ooh. the end like cutscene, like shows like, oh, that there is like a key that was left behind by the final boss. And I was like, oh, I know exactly where I'm going. And yeah. when you beat when you see credits, when you see the final boss, that's halfway through the game. Like Ooh, into wow. Super Mario wow. 3D Land, yeah. no doubt. Like, let's straight go straight up, and it be, then from that point on. Well, okay, so I've only done two of the seven remaining things. Like, uh, there's oh dang, yeah, there's so like the secrets in it. Like this level design is so good in this game. Like the there's like the way that they employ secrets, the way that they employ like hints on things are really good. Like it's mostly all in game and it like does a really good job of guiding you or like at least telegraphing certain things. Like there's, I remember like, I was going to text Mikey before I beat the last boss. I was like, hey, in this one level, like, if you go to, like, the very far edge of the map, you can see this one item that's, like, hidden or, like, it's, like, uh, like it's flooded and you can only see the top of it. It's like, that's a real cool thing of world building, not knowing that it was telegraphing that it was going to be a section in the post game. Yes. That's like, so cool. It's And, like, the second half of the game is, like, at least for the sections that I've done have basically removed all combat and it's just puzzles. Oh, wow. Oh, and like interesting. Cause that was, that was probably the one thing probably why I got a little, just cause it hit me with the combat a little bit earlier than it did in tunic as far as the super difficult combat. And the combat so I started yeah, dying hard. a bunch. It's hard. Yeah. And especially with both games, but kind of my main struggle and I don't know if we'll get into this in Elden ring at all either, but like with these massive, massive bosses and then your relatively tiny character. It's just kind of hard to tell, like, what is doing damage to me and what's not? And what's where's the attack hitbox and where's mm-hmm. my hit? It's, it's, it's just kind of hard to tell sometimes for me. And at that, least. that's exactly especially the with same. that isometric camera. Yeah, yep. exactly the same with Death's Door in that, like, yeah. it is so much a Dark Souls mechanic in terms of like the bosses where you pretty much have to do a no hit run in order to yeah. beat them because. Yeah, you don't have a lot of health. Yeah. Yep. So like, which which is kind of interesting because the the game that the Death's Door developers made before this is a game called Titan Souls, which yeah. I have played a little bit of. I think it was a PS Plus game or I might have even just bought it on sale a long time ago. But it's 90 percent off right now. I, I actually texted Mikey in the middle of this because I was looking at the developer. <laughs> have you played it at all? No, but I'm I'm buying it. And like so, as soon as we're done, because it's so a, a it's buck ninety nine. Well, it's nice. basically like a really heavy, it's a top down game, like pixel art style, but it's, it's very heavily inspired by shadow of the Colossus. Mm. And it's like every boss, every, it's just all boss battles. Every boss takes one hit to kill, but you take one hit to kill and you have a bow and arrow. That, 
you have a bow and arrow that you can shoot and then you have to you just have one arrow and you have to keep collecting your arrow to fire it again and it's all about just hitting that one sweet spot or you dying but the my gripes of it were like as as cool of a game as it was like when you died you had it like started it aesthetically it was cool because you spawn back at this spawn point then you have to run back to the dungeon but like after you get to like some of the later dungeons you're like man this is just tedious it's like it just got tiresome to play so like as soon as i was like oh death store has definitely got that same feeling on the combat but it's like got a full game packed around it and it just doesn't have that layer of frustration um so yeah i was really excited to dive into that when mikey had mentioned it was from the same developer but yeah, like basically I, I still have to go back and like finish because apparently there's so much more of like I'm like two sevenths of the way through the post game. I love That's that. That's crazy. Yeah. And because like, you were already hyped on it. Like I thought you had yeah. finished. I thought because you were saying you were going to 100 percent it. So I kind of thought you were going to come to this episode saying that you had polished it off. But not it even like close. You a lot to do. Yeah. Like it's and oh got the way that like in, in the post game, the way that it telegraphs if you have like a secret because like the way that you have shortcuts in the game are there are doors and the doors glow Mm -hmm. red if there's still something that you need to find in an area and like it's just such a good like the all of the in-game mechanics that like guide you towards like finding puzzles and discovering stuff is so satisfying and like like honestly like as soon as i got to the post game like it went from a game that i was like yeah this is a a, a solid game to this is this is my favorite game of this year like Ooh, hands down like not even yeah. not even a competition Ooh. save it for the holiday episode <laughs> I know. but yeah i'm i'm very Heck excited yeah. to continue playing and exploring and doing like just fucking around and doing nothing but well, which is what i love doing in dark souls games and randall please Tell me about what you're doing in Elden Ring. Yeah, we could have also yes. talked about our favorite games of the year as a good uh, crossover Yo, from one to another. Um, here we yes. go. Elden Ring. Uh, and this is coming <laughs> from someone, again, this is going to be pretty spoiler free. Um, this is coming from someone that my soul's experience is only playing about mm, uh, probably like 40% of Dark Souls remastered on Switch. That's okay. a that's a sizable amount there. It is. I, th- yeah. I thought you were gonna say forty minutes. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. No, more no. than I thought you were gonna say. It was over even forty it was definitely hours, over like twenty hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And a lot of that was just beating my head against the wall because yep. you know I had not experienced any of those games before, and that's what you do when you and first I know we, experience and I, one of those. <laughs> yeah, and I know you talked about that game previously on the podcast, but was it was your like initiative to dive into Dark Souls? Was it out of like the curiosity because of the hype or was it were you actually compelled like, oh, this is my kind of game and I just uh, haven't gotten around to it yet? Hype. Hype had a lot to play into getting into Dark Souls and, you know, and yeah. I waited until remastered. So it wasn't like that yeah, yeah. to me very quickly. Same. Uh, but I mean, I remember talking to like a buddy I worked with way back in the day, but when Demon Souls came out and he was excited about that and bought the strategy yeah. guide and brought it into work. I've, so like I've been aware of the series for a really long time, um, but uh, I, from what I had heard, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is this really for me? It seems like you just kind of beat your head against the wall and it's just like super hardcore, really difficult experience. And like I'm someone that plays retro games, so I have some familiarity with like really difficult experiences that way. But this is kind of a different level. And it, it seemed like it seemed like it was the type of game that you had to like spend all of your time on study, like as if yeah. it were a fighting game, you know, like mm-hmm. I need to understand the mechanics of this game. And yeah. it, it turns out that's kind of true, <laughs> but <laughs> when you do so, it is very rewarding oh, and I'm yeah. not the first person to say that by <laughs> any stretch. <clears throat> yeah. So, but still, you know, I never went back to Dark Souls. Um, I, I just saw Elden Ring was coming out. I already had the Xbox Series X and a 4K TV, and this was like a huge title coming out. And then in early on in the life cycle, I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, I got the credit. Let's just throw it at this. Let's give it a shot. You know, why not? And especially yeah. knowing that this was an open world, one of those, that really piqued my interest more than the other ones. Um, so right. I did that. I bought it, I jumped in, and uh, 50 hours later, I've barely seen most of the map of this game. <laughs> yes. Um, it's yes. wild. Uh, just seeing clips on Twitter, I'm like, this is the same game? Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, the fact that you have a map is also such a departure. Yeah. Like, oh I know. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I forgot that the Souls games don't have that. No. And and what's really stuck in my head ever since John said it was was his quote around why Elden Ring uh, in my eyes is, is a superior experience, at least from my perspective and how I like to play games and that dark souls forces you down this path, you know? And then if you, if you're screwed on that path and you can't beat it, like, Oh, then you got real problems. You just got to keep going down until you do (laughs) like run your head against the wall. The number of times necessary for you to burst through the wall (laughs) (laughs) or you stop playing. (laughs) Yeah. Or you yeah. go backwards until you've grinded enough and find one other trinket and just happen to yeah. be in the right day where you've gotten enough sleep and are in a good enough zone <laughs> to like, do so. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Elden Ring is an open world game. So yeah. there are many, 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 many paths. And because it's an open world game. It's giving me Breath of the Wild vibes in that there's a whole adventure and exploration element to this. It's not just a combat thing at this point. And to be fair, in in the Souls games, there's a lot of, you know, collecting and there's, you know, those pieces. But it's on a linear path where this is Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wildy where I'm picking up lots of trinkets and berries and things like that. And I can craft them into other things. And oh, my God, I love those sort of mechanics. Uh, you know, that's that's what got me playing Breath of the Wild for 130 plus hours. I just I oh, yeah. love that stuff. Right. Yeah. Giving you that freedom and then rewarding you for like taking advantage of the freedom is just oh, a great it's, feeling. It's, it's amazing. And especially in like um, a game that, you know, can lean more into like the systems. There's interacting systems. And yeah. this is yeah, another yeah. game that has a lot of interacting systems. I won't get into the details of those, but it has them. And, you know, it, that's just like it, there's layers of, of different approaches to, you know, scenarios a la Breath of the Wild, like all that stuff. It's just, oh, it's I'm very much into it in a way that I was not into the other dark, my other Dark Souls experience. Um, and but it still has a lot of the same obtuseness uh, that I experienced before in <laughs> yes. Dark Souls. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, I can't how many figure out how to laughing NPCs have you? Yeah. Met? Yeah, like yeah, who's who's an NPC? Who's who's an enemy? Um, <laughs> right, right. What are right, they right. even telling me if it is an NPC? Is this yep. actually worthwhile or not? Um, <laughs> I can't figure out how to compare equipment against other equipment um, to see which no. one's better oh, or not in an easy yeah. like like an like an old like eight bit or sixteen bit RPG wouldn't like right <laughs> like right. What? But you know, you figure it out. <laughs> I guess now what. Is is there anything in particular that this that Elden Ring? Because I get a quick glance, it does look very similar to the Soul, the Dark Souls games, yeah. and Demon Souls. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think, like you know, if you see Bloodborne or Sekiro in action, I think those two games kind of stand out as like, for for example, they're like two games that even though I'm not into the Souls games, I'm like, ah, I think maybe I would like those games. Oh yeah. But like, what is there anything that Elden Ring is bringing to the table? Other than I know there's a horse, but like, is it doing anything different, or does it feel mostly like a Souls game? It does or? have a horse. Uh, and, and otherwise it's more, so they brought in, uh, George R. R. Martin, uh, the creator of game of Thrones, uh, to, to help with storytelling, world building, all that sort of stuff. So it has more of even more of kind of a fantasy vibe, I guess. Okay. Um, that way, that kind of fantasy background, which you know, I think is really cool. Um, yeah. And there's lots of like environmental storytelling in, in this game too, which is also really, really cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I you know it's just man. It, I'm, I'm just always sort of curious why it's not like Dark Souls Four. Like you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just always like, why is this one separate and like a, its own thing? But yeah, to I, my I understanding, mean, it's like it's not really carrying. At least from what I have what I've seen so far, and you know, spoilers or not, I I don't have a lot of knowledge base of the other Souls games. I don't think right. It doesn't seem like it's carrying through any of the story aspects of what I had played from Dark Souls Remastered. It's its own thing, you know. Yeah. It, like it, it doesn't seem like it's like, you know, a very like Miyazaki kind of does his standard story throughout all of them. Like there is very right. like he hits the same beats on most of them. But like, it, yeah, it, it doesn't it seems like it's its own world, its own universe. And it's not doing and it like even if it's hitting, you know, oh, you're the tarnished instead of yeah. the undead. Yes. Or instead. <laughs> Well, that that I I like that because like for example like when they made like God of War three on what was it PlayStation three it's like I'm way less likely to dive into that than I am to dive into the new God of War on PS four because it's like oh 
know this is a reboot of the series. Like when, mm-hmm. as soon as I see a number in the title, I'm like, oh, I must need to play the previous ones just for whatever reason, the way my sure. brain works. So the fact that this is just Elden Ring standalone title, yeah. it means like, okay, this is safe to dive into, even if you've never played any of the Dark Souls games. Oh, and I, I think it is. I, I in, in At least from my experience, I hope it's coming through that this is an easier thing to jump into despite the obtuseness than Dark Souls was. And, but awesome. then to be fair, I was already informed by my 20 plus hours of Dark Souls experience as to how, you know, the combat and, and you know, equipment and menus kind of go. In this I, sort I was going to ask, right, like how much or like what build have you like approached Elden Ring in in terms of like your character and or weapon loadout? And like, has that like translated pretty well from Dark yeah. Souls? Uh, Yeah. So I'll say, you know. In Dark Souls, I, I tried to go relatively traditional where I was, you know, shield and sword and, you know, just like bulk up those sort of things, traditional fighter kind of straight down the line sort of thing. Whereas in Elden Ring, you have a lot of different options. Yeah. You know, you can lean more magical versus you could go sword and shield. You could go no shield a la Bloodborne if you wanted to and just roll nice. around a whole lot. You know, <laughs> you do all those sorts of things. Um, I lean more magic um, mm-hmm. so far. And, yeah. and and I've been enjoying that, too. Um, and not to like it's not a spoiler thing, but like the magic, I guess, allows me as someone that doesn't have a lot of time and is often, you know, has some level of tiredness when I start playing these games at the end of the day to still uh, engage in the combat without hitting my head against the wall, right? Because you can you can use your magic spells from farther away from these massive <laughs> right, right. smash your face in in a couple of hits, right? Focus a little more on dodging and just like <laughs> yeah. staying out of the way and shoot some shoot some spells. Yes. Yeah. Cause like the the thing that I'm, you know, not hesitant for, like I I'm not going to get this game until it's available on a platform I can actually play. So sure. like it's gonna be ten years basically <laughs> until I can play this game. Elden, but like, Elden Ring remastered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but a, a thing that I've actually maybe like leaned a little too heavily on throughout the Dark Souls series is that I've played the same build every single game. I've played sure. they they have an axe that controls basically identical throughout like 1 through 3. Sure. And I've always been pyromancer and nice. like uh, starting in 2 when they give you three equipment slots instead of three then I always have a bow equipped. Nice. So like I'm I'm just always yeah. a heavy dex int like faith build and yep. And it's been great because it controls the same in every game. And like, it's yeah, the consistency has been so nice. So, like, part of me is like, oh, God, will I have to learn a new, (laughs) a second way to play this series? No, (laughs) no, based on you saying that, absolutely not. No, good. Because I, you know, I put a lot into, uh, yeah, intelligence. Uh, I've started to up faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whatever the yeah intelligence and whatever the other magic thing is that lets your bar go up. Yeah, so just like you know, I've I've put a lot into those and enough dexterity and strength to carry in, you know a yeah. weapon that I can beat somebody with you know with a good smash like a hammer type of thing, and that's mm-hmm. that, that's fun for me. So yeah, have a good enough yeah. equipment load so that you're not doing a fat roll. Yes, <laughs> which is always you know there's a push and pull there, a la the other games as well. Yeah. That you God. keep running into when you get new cool shit. Oh no, it makes me heavier. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had to figure out either I'm going to cut weight somehow, or I need to grind until I can level up again and put it back into stamina points mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes, all yeah. all the same, all the same type of thing there. But for whatever reason, this this game clicks for me like crazy. Like right now, and I've I've told the dudes I've I've been playing you know, a handful of games that I would all potentially consider on my game of the year list. And this keeps taking most of my attention. Yeah. Uh, That's impressive. Cause again, like I feel, I feel like none of us are really diving into like the triple a stuff all that often these days. I mean, we, we all do play the Nintendo stuff. We all play triple a games. It's not like that's out of the ordinary, but I I don't know. It's been a while since like, especially like a a brutally hard game and a new game. Like, that's definitely not like I feel like we're always talking about on the podcast. Ah, I just want to like chill and like click on my buttons on my mouse and just like lay on my recliner while I play games. You know, I'm not always like up to like for this challenge, but like every now and then it it, it just scratches the right itch and you like feel I don't know. It just like drives you to want to beat beat down some of these bosses. 
Dark, it Dark does. Souls can be a chill game when, you know, I'm grinding. And I'm yeah. Not, and I feel like yeah. Elden Ring, like, just lets, like, replaces the grinding with exploring because yeah. you're still Which is gaining way more experience yeah. and doing stuff. But it's like, instead of like you doing the same route over and yes. over again, which is in its own satisfying. It thing. is. And it's still, you can still do that. And it's still satisfying to do that. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to get another level for this or that reason. And I know I can grind this little area, you know, yeah. a couple of times and do so. And that's, it's still satisfying to do that because, you know, every time you engage in combat, it's satisfying. Like I mentioned being a little bit tired playing it. Like if I'm too tired and a couple enemies, even lower level <laughs> enemies get on top of me, I'm like, ah, shit, 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 shit. And you're yes. dead in like two seconds. Yep. You've lost all yep. your souls. Ugh. Like you have to stay engaged in this. And that's like that tension is what drives you in, in these sort of experiences. And it's real good. Yeah, and I, I think I played enough of Death's Door to say this. I think you'd say the same about Tunic and Death's Door. Like, you're on the edge of your seat, at least for me, at all times. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't die. It's not it's not the most punishing thing if you die, but at the same time, it's like, I really don't want to die. But I, mm-hmm. I really did enjoy the combat, especially, I know I kind of griped about, like, some of the boss combat with these massive bosses and kind of not being able to judge the hip hitboxes or whatever, but... The enemies, I really like the interplay, and I'm sure the Souls games do this as well, but I love how like the enemies can kind of attack one another. There's almost a, like a little bit of that like yep. rogue yeah. like, like the environments yes. and the there's like AI. Yeah, I just really love that. Like the Me big too. enemy will do like a big spin attack and it's like, oh shit, but it's like, oh, he just cleared out all the minions <laughs> in the same time. <laughs> so area I'm not so of mad. attack bomb in Death's Door is the best thing because you can dodge so much better than the enemy other enemies can. So like nice. it's it's great when like a huge enemy takes out all the small enemies for you oh yeah oh yeah it's so oh, yeah you almost like yeah. want to try to like kite enemies like that's to ex- the boss yeah. like, go ahead take them out for me that well, is that's of one of my favorite things in games period is like mm-hmm. oh shit the enemies can hit each other that's so cool it's yeah. so yeah it's so satisfying again it kind of back to what you're saying about like just those systems like interplaying yes. with one another you know it's like everything is kind of it feels more alive when that happens yes it does um especially when it happens unexpectedly it's awesome yes um, yes. but yeah, you, you said you've been playing on the Xbox Randall. The yeah, Xbox series series. X. Nice. And it's been running, looking good and everything. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Nice. It, it's, it's a beautiful experience. I, I really haven't described much of it cause I'm not spoiling anything, but it's, it looks, plays, it sounds great. It's, it's an experience. Heck I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Heck yeah, and I'm I'm sure we'll end up hearing more about it down yes. the line. Hope maybe more about all these games because it sounds like we've all got a little ways to go. Yes, um, I've got more than a little ways to go, but I don't know. Do, any more thoughts on Elden Ring or any any of these three games, or do we feel like we're good to wrap it up? I don't want to cut anybody short here, but I think I'm good. You know, the only other thing I'll say is like it, you can also tell in a good way that this is a Japanese developed game. Yes, um, because it's <laughs> like. The, the typical, like, cynical or, like, attitude-y type of vibes, like, that you get in a lot of other games just isn't there. Like, there's a sincerity in, like, what it's presenting to you. And I just, like, I'm, I'm so into it. I love that. Yeah, nice. I've really enjoyed even seeing, like, I've seen a couple even just little, uh, not interviews, but, like, little poll quotes from uh, George R.R. R. Martin. And it's, yeah. like, even he's, like, get, like really getting into the game and, like, you know, yeah. promoting it and stuff, like, and talking about how, like, oh, I'm really glad people are resonating with, like, this character or this. Like, oh, they probably thought that was Sakurai or, or not Sakurai, uh, Miyazaki. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm back to Smash Brothers. But, like, <laughs> um, like, I thought that was Miyazaki or you probably thought that was Miyazaki, but that was actually me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess tooting his own horn, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, just kind of cool, like you know, just kind of cool. Who would think Miyazaki and uh, George R. R. Martin know, make a game wild. together? That's crazy. It is wild. It's kind of cool that games could, you know, Death Stranding, Kojima, and Guillermo del Toro. It's kind of yeah, cool. How yeah, games yeah. are games are bringing uh, people together. It is cool. Um, still need to play Death Stranding too. Yeah. But uh, but anyways, yeah, I think we can probably wrap up the uh, video games talk there this week. And again, we might get back into all these three games at some point. I know I'll definitely be yep. streaming some more Tunic. Um, and I know we mentioned Kirby briefly. I know we'll be talking about that on the podcast in coming weeks. Um, I'm definitely going to be streaming that maybe even from the jump. I haven't played any of it yet. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'll do a little first play of that. I I cannot wait to dive into that game, but anyways, yeah, you can find us on the internet, pursuingpixels.com. We're pretty much everywhere on the internet. Just look up pursuing pixels and, uh, yeah, otherwise we will, uh, catch you next week. And until then, take care. Me. Bye-bye.
I gotta buy Titan Souls because it's a buck ninety nine right now on Switch. Uh, Steam. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't know that game was on Switch. I don't. I don't think it is. Is that game on Switch? No, PS4 and Vita. Oh, (laughs) Vita, dude. The the most speaking of Twitter earlier, the most annoying people on Twitter are the people that go PS Vita question mark to every fucking game that ever comes out. There's they a bunch, literally there's a couple can't of, even manufacture the cartridges anymore, folks. Yeah. I know, and everyone's like, "Is it?" It's like, dude, I know you want it on that system, but like business case. Also, business case. Just fucking look it up. Don't <laughs> the don't ask the developer yes. to comment on Twitter. Just fucking look it up. Take but two seconds to Google. Is it something. coming out? Is it coming to Mac? But I don't know. I, Mac I also port? get the like the thought of like oh but i'm showing the developer that yeah. i have a desire on this system that they may I'll encourage them on, to unless yeah. yeah so like that's uh, but people uh, like but the other day showing like the, the one comms intern that you yeah yes exactly and, and back to the yeah and back to the twitter <laughs> discourse like 2, 2d and top d just got announced for switch yeah that's and sweet. i'm like and on the switch announcement like somebody's like why didn't you just figure out how to make it work on the Steam Deck? Why didn't you just make it work on the Steam Deck? And he was just like, the developer was just like, to the best of my knowledge, it already does. Like, I don't, that's I don't like, know. Because we have to partner with Valve, and they've got this long list of priority games before they get to something like 2D and Top D. Yeah. 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 They were just like, there's a huge player base for these types of games on Switch. Like, why don't you just say, hey, cool, or, or just yeah. say nothing? Uh, Steam Deck. I, I hope the Steam I love Deck the voice fucking, you're doing. I know. It's, it's like, ah, we need the Steam Deck. Come on, guys. I, I hate the Steam Deck so much. Why do you hate I hope, the Steam Deck so much? I just Kevin? it's only because like the people around it that are just going like yeah, this going is a, berserk. I, I am not aware of this type of person, so I think this is a a self selection. I also hate Valve. So, but, yes, but on, okay, on that, Twitter, that is a fair yes. On no. Twitter, I keep seeing, and I, I shouldn't say I hate Valve, but I just hate like. Steam has pretty much like destroyed the indie game market. It would have happened probably anyways, yeah. but like the value of an indie game is like nothing these days. And like yeah. they just yeah. take a huge cut. They don't, they, they just kind of seem like they sort of suck and they just buy up yeah. small developers when they make cool games and then like never let them make anything cool again. It just, they just suck. Are you talking um, about Half Life Alex came out? Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh yeah, in the Valley of the Gods, you can't make it anymore. Go make a Half Life tech demo for us. Yeah. You know, it's just it just sucks, man. Like, I'm sure it's awesome for the people that work there and mm. and they don't have of, of the huge like conglomerate corporations or whatever that are concorporations, corporations. They don't seem that bad in the grand scheme of things like, compared to act- people. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say compared to like Activision, Blizzard and mm. stuff like that, like yes. in the grand scheme of things, like it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but they're they're I, not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're by any stretch of the definition. 